Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on The Porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I'm joined with the one and only Joshua Timms. What's up, team? And Mrs. Elena Rose Haas. <laughs> hey, guys. It's great. And uh, that is your middle name. Yeah, it's just, okay, go ahead. <laughs> and we are starting another subcategory today called Politically Correct. Yeah. Not politically incorrect, politically correct. Correct. Right? Yeah. And what are, what are we talking about today? Yeah, this is going to be fun. We're, we're going to dive into a topic that I think is live that all of us um, hear and, and see a lot in media and everything, but we're just going to begin to inform and talk about the topic of immigration. 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 What, what, like, what does God's word have to say to inform that? What do we, how can we begin thinking about it? There, I, I think there are people uh, potentially even in this circle that uh, don't know as much as maybe would be helpful to know um, about how to inform or think of immigration. Yeah, and in this subcategory, politically correct, we want to just talk about a lot of political topics that are talked about a lot on social media, or maybe you hear just one side of it, or yep. polarizing things, and you don't really know how to think about things, which is I know can happen to me a lot with a lot of the um, things about politics that I don't understand. I just don't even know what to believe because people say contradicting things. So we want to cover some of those topics on this category. Yeah. So I think in order to do this, we want to drive everything back to God's word. And what is a biblical perspective on immigration? And because the culture, there's so many different loud microphones. It's so polarizing. Um, it, it's just such a, like, there's so many things like that, that we just live in interesting times of such a divisive and this being one of those issues that can be really, really divisive. So as Christians, what does it look like to have a biblical perspective on immigration? So to, in order to have that, I think you've got to start with a foundation uh, of way back in the Garden of Eden and a right foundation of humanity. What do I mean by that? When you go to Genesis chapter one, the very first book, the very first chapter, it talks about humanity being made in the image of God. There's a technical term called imago Dei or like a theological term, which just means that every person everywhere is made in the image of God. Every person that lives in Honduras, mm. in Guatemala, in New York, in China, every person that has ever lived is made in the image of God. And, um, and just like we're pro-life in the individual in the womb, we are pro-life in the individual that lives in another nation that's attempting to come here or in any person that lives here already or just in general. That as Christians, we are pro-life. And a lot of times that gets muddied and people are like, you care about the baby in the womb, but you don't care about that people that are in poverty and circumstances that are really harsh. And that as a Christian is not acceptable. That we care about the circumstances. We care about people because God cares about people. He cares about them so much that he died for them. So every person you've ever been eyeball to eyeball with, red, yellow, black, white, whatever they look like, whatever language they speak, they are made in the image of God and they are worth value. So that being said, what is the biblical understanding that we should have as it relates to immigration? There's this almost like a technical topic. So we'll just we'll do the best to like, if it doesn't seem clear, let's, let's try to flesh it out uh, as we kind of walk through this. By talking about immigration, you have to almost back up and talk about boundaries, mm -hmm. like national boundaries, mm -hmm. right? Because there's no such thing as immigration if everyone lives and just there isn't any boundaries or... or distinguishment on where people live and when they live and nations and all that. If there's no nations, there's no immigration, mm -hmm. right? So you have to talk about national boundaries and uh, is God, does God allow things like that? And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 10, verse five, 
as far back as going from Noah's kids, it begins to lay out that from after the flood and after Noah gets off that boat and he's like, all right, guys, we've got to fill this earth, that God there established different nations and identities of peoples. It says in Genesis chapter 10, verse 5, the descendants of Noah spread out to various lands and each was identified by its own language and by its national identity. Then you go to the New Testament and it says not only is national identity something that was established that different people began to move into different places and there were national boundaries that took place, that Paul in chapter 17 of Acts says, from one man, God made every nation on the face of the earth, that he made the man and he made every nation that's on the face of the earth. And he determined the allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling place so that they should seek God and perhaps find their way towards him. So in other words, the idea of like God not being uh, a God who creates boundaries, he creates all kinds of boundaries, ethical or moral boundaries, like, hey, you shouldn't have sex outside of marriage. And he creates boundaries in terms of national identity. Like God is not anti-boundary. That by by um, just all over the accounts of the Bible, we see that he establishes different boundaries. And then you look at the nation of Israel and he gives one of the clearest examples of you guys are going to be set apart from every other nation. I want you to see yourself as having boundaries around you, not just geographically, but boundaries in terms of your distinction from other people. Anyways, the idea, I just want to settle that up because it, 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 some people are like, dude, if you have the heart of God, if you got compassion, you just like tear down every wall and everything. So, and there's, there's some truth in that. Like as, as a Christian, we want to have hearts of compassion towards people that want to be uh, a part of our country. And we, it is not a anti-Christian thing to say, like, we want to help people assimilate and, and step out of poverty and experience some of the um, blessings that can come and that just really that God has blessed our nation with. It's an amazing thing that we live in a nation where people want to come in. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and just how, what a privilege that is for every single American. And we're also a nation that is immigrants. We're all immigrants. Yeah. And, and let me say something else. Here's something that's crazy in case it, people, Christians don't realize it. If America doesn't have immigrants coming into the nation, the country will die. What do you mean by that? Our population is dwindling. People are not having kids enough to replace themselves anymore. There's no longer 2.2 kids. So people are not having children that's like, if we don't replenish, then the number of people that are here to support or the number of people that make up our country, the numbers are just going to dwindle out. So we have to have immigrants. It's not a pro-immigrant or anti-immigrant. It's a, So even as Christians, a lot of times hmm. people can be like, why is the church not pro-immigration? And where it gets muddy is around illegal immigration. Yeah. And by definition, illegal means, and even that term is like, can be um, offensive or people of just like by baggage to it. So by illegal, I mean someone not entering the country through the immigration process that Congress and the laws of the United States of America have established. And whether you like them or not, as a Christian, you are called in Romans chapter 13, verses one through seven, to obey the laws of the land, that it's not an option. You don't, you don't get to decide what you wanna do and uh, it is an illegal thing and so if it isn't illegal, it would be you are living in sin if you are a Christian saying, I'm going to break the laws of the land and I'm going to advocate for other people to break the laws of the land. You can advocate for change to those laws. But does that make sense? Like there's a huge distinction around immigration. So I, I think anyone who's anti-immigration is uninformed and ignorant. Like we will die as a country if we don't have immigrants. We need immigration to take place. Mm -hmm. We need people to move here and assemble to the American, some of the values and the ways that we see the world and the value of human life and, mm -hmm. and just some of the things that are normal to our culture here. We need them to move here and to assimilate into. Mm -hmm. But illegal immigration 
is really where the conversation and people muddy those together. And if nothing else, I hope you walk away from this podcast and see those as two different things Mm -hmm. and they muddy them together because they're like, there's no such thing as an illegal. You live in a country, if you're a Christian, the law says it is illegal. So we can advocate for that to be changed and you can try to elect congressmen and and the Senate and House to pass legislation that changes that. But today for you to advocate for that, is to advocate for something that is against the law, which means it's against God's law because God says you are to obey the laws of the land. I think one of the reasons why this this topic is such a sensitive topic though is because there's people who are in situations where they're like, hey, I don't have time to go through the legal process to come into the country because I'm kind of like running for my life. Yes. And so my choices are die or do it illegally. So I'm going to go ahead and do it illegally. And here's what people don't know. And that, you know, like, that's why there's just so many nuances to this topic and so many, like, just hard situations that it's hard to get the full picture of where both sides are coming from, you know? It is and it isn't, I think, because that person would qualify for asylum if they can, if they're proving that they're coming from a nation based on the Geneva Convention or the... uh, um, the man, what group am I looking for? That's already been established that if that person is in physical danger and yeah. they're fleeing from something, they qualify for asylum. But most people are just fleeing, hey, America is the Disney world of the world. I would yeah. like to live there. And I think the tragedy of why it's really unloving, if I was to be able to go stand at the border and just tell people, just come in here and I, I'll hold up the fence and you get in here, just get in here and they're coming in illegally, And it's really unloving because you're inviting people in. They don't have papers that can allow them to get a job. They don't have a social security number. They don't have things that allow them to even qualify for minimum wage. So they get trapped in an underclass almost Mm -hmm. of people Mm. that it's like, hey, I can pay you five bucks an hour because you're illegal. I I don't pay you, whatever. You, you, You don't qualify for minimum wage. And that's a tragedy because it locks people into this underclass and they become people who can't rise out of poverty, which is why people want to come to America because, and maybe their children can, because if they're born here and they get uh, established, but as far as those people, they can't climb and experience the, the tremendous blessing of the American dream because they're locked in. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like you you can't uh, do certain things because you don't have the legal status that would Mm -hmm. allow you to do that. And you're going to live a life where you're kind of looking over your shoulder. So if we want to change that as a nation and as Christians, you cannot advocate for um, illegal things, but you can advocate for what is currently illegal to no longer be legal. But are you following me? Because the person with fleeing um, violence or death or persecution would qualify for asylum, both here and at other nations that are a part of, of kind of a league that has come together saying, hey, we're going to welcome that type of person in, but most people don't qualify. They would qualify for economic asylum of just, it's a better way of life. And, um, and so we should have hearts that are full of compassion towards those people. We should, uh, care for them individually. There's a difference between individually caring and meeting someone needs, someone's needs. And then also, um, advocating on a massive scale that, um, people should do something illegal. If you're a Christian, I'm talking just to Christians there should be no time that we're advocating, hey, do something illegal because that that contradicts God's word. But you guys push back if if that doesn't make sense. And that is the biggest distinction that I think most people don't realize. There is a wide difference between immigration. We have to have it. If we don't have it, our nation dies. And illegal immigration. And people have lumped them together and media and social media has been like, dude, if you don't just have all the compassion for everybody to come here at all times, even if they're illegal, then, um, then you don't have a heart of love and I think it's so unloving to say, come in here 
but you can only qualify for jobs that are off the radar. And, and I'm not saying that as a, any particular ethnicity or anything qualifies for that. I'm saying anybody who moves here illegally, regardless of what they look like, if they can't get a job that is of legal status, you're going to lock them into off the grid jobs. Yeah. Does that make sense? And that's very unloving. They're like signing up for a versus go through the immigration process, get qualified. You come and you get any job you want. You, you can make minimum wage and then you can qualify to be the manager at that place mm-hmm. and do what, what all types of people currently are doing. It's further unloving because there's people who actually are going through that process and we're just saying, dude, just get in here and then hopefully, you know, they'll just let you stay. But, um, but I, I don't know what, what else would y'all say or what else comes to mind as it relates to such a sensitive topic? Yeah, I think something that I'd love for us to talk about is that a lot of the ways in which I think even even myself or a lot of our friends listening get what they're learning about immigration is just through like social media, things that are posted on social media. Yep. And so uh, we would advocate before you um, put a voice behind it, before any of us are going, yeah, I see that. Whether whether that be, I mean, there's like videos out there that um, look really terrible and are hurtful of mm-hmm. which like someone has kind of made a statement about what's happening in that situation, which may or may not be true. And uh, we would just advocate before before you go and like put a voice and, and put um, sound bites behind something that you've seen or you've read. We go be informed. Like know what you're talking about. Know if it's actually true or not, and begin to uh, just wrestle with man. Is that and, and if if you do think that the that we as a country could get better and our our laws around immigration could get better and that we could bring more people in, man, uh, pray for that. Vote that way. Petition for that. All in ways of which because we live in a free country, we can do that. But also. Um, Man, it it is important for us to know a really big picture and and for us to be informed on that. And uh, yeah, and I think I'd love for you to speak to that. Also, Elaine, I'd love to hear from you of where what you see on social media and ways that you're going like that feels like it could be truth, but I don't know if it is. How would you tell others to go about discovering what truth is and then informing themselves on what to think about it? Well, to, to jump into what you said, yeah. At first, I I think the immigration system. Uh, it's clear. It, it's like it's broken. It's been broken for a long time. They need to do things that would change it. The lottery system is nuts to me. Yeah, like that is such a messed up, uh, uh, in my opinion. Uh, um, so we're not advocating either. Side note for any political party here in yeah. every position that's there. As uh, elections come up and things go, I don't know that anyone has a great. Hey, it's a perfect. This is the absolute perfect platform as it relates to immigration that I've seen. There's guys in Republican Party and Democratic Party that I, I think uh, I would disagree with. The way that DACA has been handled, in my opinion, has been terrible. If you don't know what DACA is, you should go research and just be informed on that stuff and some of the Dreamer Act and um, and some of the unresolved things that are there, in my opinion, are such a mess. Um, and so with, with hearts full of compassion towards people here, towards people not here, all that we're saying is there's a distinction between immigration, illegal immigration, and you should, as a Christian, if it's your your stance, that any immigration or any form of law against immigration is a bad thing, it's okay to hold that view. You just should uh, pray to your point, petition. You should you should reach out to your congressperson, do everything within your strength to say, I, I think we should pass law that eradicates that. But until that law is passed, mm-hmm. the laws of the land stand as they are. And as Christians, we submit and obey the laws of the land. That comes from 1 Peter chapter 2 and Romans chapter 13. And um, so, but to your point earlier, there is so much misinformation and there's people, people build their perspective and their, their understanding of immigration based on memes that are not even accurate. They're like 
memes from years ago or memes that it's like, that's not at all what actually happened in that thing. We're just all so misinformed. And so being informed, researching, making sure that everything that you believe is, is being informed by scripture and uh, is submitted first to that and has an accurate understanding of, of some of the issues. Where are some good places people could start to research? Because I think what's hard is they get their information from random places, social media, and it's like, how do you even know if it's true or not? Well, it sounds cliche. I would say the first thing you got to do is have a death grip on what the Bible says about this topic. Like, so, so that you don't become the person who's like, we don't care about those people. We care about all people Mm because they're made in the image of God. And then we also are called to submit to the laws of the land. And, um, and so pick a, pick a more pointed question. People ask that question all the time, but they don't actually say like, give me a resource to find, boom. Where have you found out all this information that you know about immigration? Like information about the DACA and how it's being handled? Uh, during the 20, I think it was 2018, or t- uh, in 2017, all of that resurfaced, maybe it was 2016. And one of the recent elections, I remember that becoming a bigger pain point. Mm-hmm. And I just went and tried to read as many different news sources, one to get an understanding of what DACA is mm-hmm. or what the Dreamers Act was. And I don't have any exhaustive list or exhaustive understanding of it, mm-hmm. but some of the Dreamer stuff that Obama implemented um, and kind of today where we are and how we keep kind of renewing these licenses that doesn't fix the problem. It just puts a temporary bandaid on. Candidly, it becomes a bargaining political tool that is is wrong, in my opinion, on both sides, that they're bargaining with people's lives who live here and they were born here. And they're like, hey, we'll allow those people to become, so now I'm going off into my opinion of that, but but where both parties are, are just, it's ridiculous. And, and hopefully godly Christian men get elected that, that uh, inform and transform some of that stuff. But I would, um, man, you can look up DACA and just begin to read articles. So you just, articles. You just cross reference a lot of things and different sides just to get a full picture? Or is there like a, a trusted source that you often go to? Uh, I think you should cross-reference stuff. Um, there's, a, there's a group in town called the Denison Forum that put out some, some things on immigration that I think is helpful. Um, but I would cross-reference it. If you only read CNN, you're going to have one perspective. Mm-hmm. You only read Fox News, you're going to have another perspective. Yeah. And so I, I would do your best to less get like opinion of the, the deal and more of an understanding of actually what's going on mm-hmm. and how does the scenario about dreamers, if we have people that were born here that were saying, hey, you can be a part of the dreamers act, depending on if you were born in this year or a part of the DACA program, how does that program align with God's word? So we don't have to go into that entire program because I know a lot of our, our people are not listening. I'm sorry, our people listening don't even know what I'm talking about when I say those things. But I would get informed on what's going on in culture and what the Bible actually says. Because people think, I, I, let me say it this way, I don't know a single person in my life personally who's anti-immigration. I don't know anyone. I know people who are opposed to illegal immigration. Mm-hmm. As I think Christians many Christians are. And, um, so does that make sense? But you guys push back. Do y'all have a lot of friends who are anti-immigration? Uh, personally, not like no. I saw some meme around cause you can see anything. I mean, like personally, do you have friends that are like, man, we just can't have immigration here. 
No, I mean, not. I would say not anybody that's informed. I think there's been people that have like seen. There's feels like there's two sides of the party, uh, or two sides of the argument. And there's there's uh, ways. And it's like, hey, we need to cut everything off. We need to build all the greatest walls. Let's just all hang out here, and no one should come in. But I would say not anybody that I know that's like truly informed on the issue, or have sought to understand the other side, or why it could be a good thing, or why or with the bad things around it. I think what's happening for most of the people in my life uh, is that they just decide or they have opinions on things of what they've seen on social media and what's kind of essentially fed to them and the circles that they run in. Like they, they're essentially a victim of their own little culture that they've built and they've kind of adopted ideas and they've not ever sat. I think even the distinction between illegal immigration and, and that like people can't, don't know or navigate that or understand the differences there. And so, but, um, but I'm asking a really specific question for a reason. Do you know anyone personal in your life who would say, man, I, I am opposed to immigration period. No. Personally, like, like, and you don't have to name their name, but, oh, I have family members. I just think even you saying that people could be like, what does that have to do with anything? Like it, that it can maybe even seem like you, well, you should broaden your horizon of friends because there's like, maybe you're, you personally don't have friends like that, but there's a lot of people out in the world who do feel that way. And I, but I think your point is that that's not, it's not immigration I, my in point general. Is, it's just I illegal. don't think there are a lot of people out in the world that are that way. Right. Uh, and a lot, that's a messy because somebody's going to email and be like, there's there's hundreds of thousands. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, that's a lot, but in a country like of 366 million, million. Yeah. But but I'm saying like, uh, people will say that there are lots of people, but I don't know anyone who like who's that way, uh-huh. but they're everywhere. Yeah. That's that's kind of the point that I'm dragging at is I, I and I don't know a single congressperson who would say that they're opposed to immigration and they're if they came out and said I'm opposed to all forms of immigration, dude, they're going to be elected out of office fast. And I kind of think they should. <laughs> like, is there any other steps you would recommend for people that like really care about this and have a passion for it and really like have compassion for those people who can't get, in, can't get into our country right now? Yeah. I would, I would seek to be informed by the Bible and then what's going on in culture. I would care for it at an individual level. We should always seek to care for anybody um, you don't have to ask for, you know, their identification before you would care for somebody who's hurting or in need. And so in a, at an individual level, and really just as a church, we should do that. And, um, and then I would, I would be slow to throw shade and make assumptions about people and, and attack their character or their motive. Mm-hmm. And, and if I do think that they're mm-hmm. an uncompassionate hate filled person, I should be driven to pray for them because they've been blinded by something and not anger and not slander them on Facebook and, and, and slander them on Instagram or Twitter and all that stuff is just so unhealthy and so unhelpful. So if it drives you towards praying for people that you disagree with, you should do that um, in a way that's, that's loving and not passive aggressive and not disrespectful. And, um, and then pray for our country and pray for the process to get fixed. And, um, and it's just such a messy, muddy, uh, muddy. It's a muddy thing. Mm-hmm. Even the wall is so controversial because another side would say, man, it could be, and I'm not advocating this because it's just such a controversial thing. People would say, I've heard a case made that I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You should build the wall because then it forces people to come to the legal ports of entry. The come to the doors. <laughs> yeah, you got to yeah. come to the doors of it. And that the only way you can get in then is get in legally and not come in and have to live kind of as a phantom. Um, I can't actually get a job and I can't get these things. And that's a more loving thing because it'll also stop people 
who are bringing children or who are walking hundreds and hundreds of miles hoping to get here, and then they end up losing their life. And what a tragedy that is. And uh, so I'm not even advocating for that. I'm just saying a lot of times we assume our way is the right way. And if you disagree, you're wrong. And I hate and, and it's a much muddier yep. scenario than I think we oftentimes acknowledge. So we've gone a little bit long on this one. Hopefully that was helpful. If any of that was unclear or discouraging or confusing, or we could bring more clarity to, we'd love to, um, to help that. As, as we've said so many times, we are a nation of immigrants. Without it, we die. God loves the foreigner, the immigrant, of which all of us are foreigners mm. and immigrants in this world until he calls us home. We're exiles. And uh, as Christians, we should have hearts full of compassion and love well, at the same time, obeying the laws of the land. And um, so that's all I got. Anything else you guys got? That's good. That's it. We'll see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.